you. Are now about to witness the awesome crushing a might of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stopper! Dizzy. This is V3. I can't do it with one hand. 6-6. Six, six. <laughs> no, 3-6. V3-6. V.3, and you figure out the six of the Eugene S. Robinson Showstopper. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. And uh, we're going to do something different on this show. But first, <laughs> well, we're going to have the question and answer thing because that worked out well. It's gonna be all MMA, so if you don't can't dig on that, then I can't. Sorry for you. We're gonna have the Jiu-Jitsu breakdown on this channel afterward, so subscribe so it notifies you. You can see it. But first thing we're gonna have is Bob Riley, Stigmata, calling of the Jumps. Song is called Intro All of Nothing. The record is still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, the city where they hit the car with a hammer. In some weeks, I feel this intro more keenly than others. This last week, high in the list. Could not see so clear. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back in full, always nothing. All right, all right, all right. So we got to get into the show because there's stuff that has to be done. I'm going to put on my headset, man, because I'm uh, Captain Freakout from the planet hot and tight. I need to be able to stay contact with ground control, ground control, ground control, ground control. Is that coming through? It sort of is. Hold on one second. It is. It is coming through. I can see by the levels that we got. So let's get going. So listen, you, you've heard the expression, hob, uh, uh, consistency is a hobgoblin of little minds. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of it before. Uh, I, I did not invent it, though I'm making good use of it here. Uh, and it should be noted that, uh, uh, you know, uh, people show up at my readings and the Oxbow shows with flip-flops. This is not so much a flip-flop as it is an evolution. And and when I say that right now, Khabib sold to an American, the Eagle, is one of the greatest, the greatest fight, the greatest American fighter today. I'm sort of making a joke, and I and I, I shan't explain the joke to you, with the exception of saying I'm poking along through this week, and for this guy, for this guy, it says. Yeah, what are you trying to be cool? We don't give a fuck about your stories. Boston Market reappears. And for those who are listening right now, I've got a, a well-raised middle digit for you, man. Go away, man. <laughs> it's like, I want to meet a guy named Eugene Robinson so I can tell that Eugene Robinson that I don't want to meet a guy named Eugene Robinson. You're conflicted. You know, you're, conflicted. you're trying to shit on the party. That's okay. I don't mind. And the show is about how I don't mind in that regard. So first off, if you want to, when we get to the question and answer session, which will be about three quarters of the way through, like we did last week, that worked really well. What I'm going to do is ask, and you guys will direct mail me through the Twitter feed. That's at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, it's immaterial to you. If you are on Twitter and you're listening presently, you can send your questions. I will answer any question asked of me uh, as truthfully as possible. Uh, 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 and uh, there's a proviso there, which means like if you ask me to do something, if you ask me a question 
for which providing a truthful answer uh, will uh, self-incrimination, I'm going to have to plead the fifth on that one uh, and not answer. But if it's a question that I can answer and if it's even highly personal, I'll answer fully within the realm of my possibility as long as it, the only person that hurts is me. So uh, let, let's get on with the show. Uh, uh, specifically, I'm poking along through this week. Those of you who saw V35, you know, uh, know my take. I'll give it to you in a nutshell here. My take is specifically also uh, the Twitter thing. If you follow me on Twitter, I get a raise at the end of the year if I hit 5,000. People go, why don't you go to one of these Filipino, you know, click farms and get, I'm not doing that. I'm not, that's cheating. It's cheating. If I can't get, remember when, I, when, when uh, uh, let's see, when Knuckle Up, I said, hey, I, I need some votes. I need some, like, I, I did a couple times when uh, Combat Music Radio died. And I said, hey, if you want the show to go on, I need 100 people to say I want the show to go on. And 100 people did. And so we got on over to Bloody Elbow. And when Knuckle Up kind of started to count down, I said, hey, anybody, I need 100 people to keep it alive. I didn't get 100 people. I got like 83. Okay, bro, it's gone. Reborn now is a show stomper, and that had, had something to do also with my work situation. But we're all here now. Patreon.com slash the stomper, T H E S T O M P E R. If you want to donate a dollar, a nickel, 50 cents to the show, uh, uh, it, it is more than welcome. Um, so, anyway, uh, you know, if you ask a question before I ask you to ask the question, I probably won't ask you a question. We can't have you. This is why it's a lightning round. I'm making sure that you're paying attention and that you're not going to the kitchen on me. You ask a question now before the question period, it's just like you might as well ask it to the, your empty room. Anyway, so let's go back to this week. On, on V35, I said that I thought that what uh, Khabib sold to America, what I thought the Eagle had done was colossally stupid, that he had exposed himself, that he had put himself um, – uh, uh, well, exposing is in a, in that and that the true winner from uh, uh, from UFC UFC 229 was the bald one who has a chastened Connor and who has a a now uh, a, a, a pliable, amenable um, uh, 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 Khabib because he's now exposed. He's got his purse being held, his dudes are being fired, all of which has come to pass. All of which has come to pass. But as you know. As you know, the, one of the reasons we're attracted to MMA is because of the finality sometimes uh, of the decision making. In a life full of grays, very – like at one point, uh, uh, my first coach originally, it's, I said, how do you get out? What do you do when somebody gets you that? He said, that's like saying, what do you do after you've been knocked out? It's a question that doesn't mean – that doesn't serve being answered. We're attracted to MMA because it's 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 – you know, it's not a, it's not a judge. Well, it is a, you know what I mean. But it's like figure skating. A judge primarily ruled by, by a sport primarily ruled by judges. There's a definitive quality to a knockout. You know, uh, uh, Derek the Black Beast Lewis at UFC 229 was going into that to the conclusion of that fight, losing. Knocks out Volkov, wins. It's there's no question. There's no question. It's like, well, did you kind of, sort of, kind of, almost? Did you, you? You don't have any base coaches. You know, I mean, I guess you got a ref, right? So, but, you know, what's a ref going to do after a guy's been knocked out outside of ward the other guy off and delivering subsequent punches to a knocked out, a downed fighter? So it, 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 is, it is a conclusive quality. But like in the opera, when the fat lady sings, you know, it's not over until she sings. This is not over until the fat lady. And in this instance, I guess I'm going to have to say, given the, the conclusion of this week's events, that Khabib Nurmagomedov Nurmagomedov is a fat lady, and um, you know, also you, you need to separate. And I'm not quite clear on this one, but I think that there's a purse, and then there are points on the pay per view, and these are not the same thing. Con make no mistake, Conor McGregor is not rolling out of bed for the per the four million dollar purse. That probably has gotten to pay his gym fees, his trainers, the plane flights, his team, his bros, the hangers on. That's not what he's taking home. That's not the real money that, that, that when that cage locks or that cage opens and he goes out and they hand him something, it's a pay-per-view. Don't believe for a second that that's, you know, when you're at the top of the food chain there, that that's, that's all you leave it with. So, so but, but Khabib, I thought, I go, there go the commercials, there go the endorsements. And then during the course of this week, what he did is essentially, like any good defense attorney, lay out, without being super personal, lay out precisely where he is, what his place and space is for those ignoramuses like me. Um, 
And a lot of times there's something very distinctly American about the ways in which I am an ignoramus. And I, all you guys who are not in America are like, yup, 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 yup. In other words, in other words, the fact that he can't do a commercial for Hungry Hunter or Long John Silver's or, or Red Lobster is significant to me, an American. A guy in Berlin has no idea what I'm talking about. And if he did, he would be appalled that people actually eat at places like the Hungry Hunter, Red Lobster, uh, and uh, whatever other place I just named. You know, that I, well, so, so, um, the fact that there are going to be no Duracell commercials or that there'll be no Metro PCS commercials, that means something to a guy who lives in the state of California, but that doesn't mean shit to, uh, it doesn't, it has no global impact or, or import necessarily, right? Because if you don't think that at this point now, I mean, you remember at, at a certain point, it dawned on us commentators that I uh, say, an average guy, not an average guy, but, you know, a notable fighter, but a, a Lyoto Machida was huge in Brazil. Huge. Like like a celebrity. We're like, well, I'll be damned. Because what? Because we're only thinking about what happens in this 3,000-mile stretch of land. From the valleys to the oceans to the ocean. God, but yeah, okay, yeah, bro, you know what? There's a big old world out there that doesn't give a fuck about that and a lot with a lot of money in it. So um, a couple of things happened on, on, on what could be considered a global charm offensive, none of which impressed me very much. I'm going along and, I'm, I'm, and I go, oh, Khabib is meeting with, uh, uh, with uh, Putin. He and his father are sitting there talking to Vladimir Putin. That's interesting. Yes. And then he's meeting with the Chechen cat, uh, Kadyrov. How, how do you, Kadi, Kadyrov. How do you pronounce his name? I saw some wag out there will, will, will let me know. Um, the, the, the Chechen uh, dictator who, uh, before everybody started making him out to be a murderous thug, I was going to take him up on his offer to any journalist who wanted to go to the country and see, I'll take a free plane ticket anywhere. But uh, not, not to one of those places where if something bad happened to me, you'd be putting me on, a, on the Darwin list and go, ah, 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 what was he thinking? You don't want to be on the what was he thinking list. In any regard, I had a friend who did that. People were with the zip line. The zip line started to go out. He goes, "I want to go. I want to go." So he jumped from. Well, there were a few beers involved. So he jumped from the promontory, and about eight feet below was the wire. So he jumped from the promontory to the wire, not factoring in that a six foot three, two hundred and forty five pound man vaulted in over you know over a, a chasm, chasm. Chasm, chasm, uh, at 32 feet per second per second with the pull of gravity that when his fingers finally, so it's his height plus eight feet, that when his fingers finally <laughs> served as the break for his fall to the ground, that he would lose fingers. He didn't never factored on that, and he did lose some fingers and before then plunging to the water below when his attempt to, he, I guess he thought, I'll grab the zip line like a superhero, I'll slide down. Like Venom, that was a great movie. Saw it last night. If I can get the uh, wife to 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 want to do uh, the "You Kill Me" film reviews for Reprobates, I think that's a lot like Tinkerbell. If the audience is there, then then, then she'll want to do it. But you know, I can't I can't be that guy crabbing at my wife about stuff. I do the show every week. She sees me do the show. If she wants to do "You Kill Me," we'll do it. Otherwise, I can't force it. The jujitsu breakdown. Jujitsu guys who are insane and show up at jujitsu seven days a week at seven o'clock in the morning, they'll do it. But in any case, Venom was good. Thumbs up. Go see it. Um, so, uh, uh, but Khabib, so I'm poking along with Khabib saying, so Kadriov, you know, uh, 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 Vladimir Putin, and I'm going, huh? Then there's like an interesting, uh, an, an interesting bump. He says, you know what? I'll tell you what. You fire my dudes and I walk. I, I break my fucking contract and I walk, I go to Bellator and you guys can fight it out in the courts, which you could do. You know, there's business interference. I, I think a tortious interference that you, that the Baldwin could sue Bellator for, or, but the reality of it is there's no slave trade. You know, your contract, you can, you can do anything you want, but you, with your, with that contract, but you could, it could be punitive measures up the wazoo. 
But if dude doesn't want to fight, he doesn't want to fight. Or he could do it like some of the guys I know who have had football scholarships to Stanford realized they were done with football, but didn't want to didn't want to lose their scholarship. So they kept getting better at the exact same rate, which is a very slow rate of pace. I think he's constantly becoming, never being. I think my shoulder is kind of sort of better now. Maybe sort of, kind of, kind of, sort of, maybe sort of, kind of. There are lots of ways. A good old East Coast work slowdown. Hey, I'm rehabbing that. My, my wrist, my, I can't really see. There are lots of ways. But he made it clear in a very clear, clear, clearly spoken way. You, you fire these guys. Now the bald one is in a position where he, there are a couple of things he doesn't want happen. If you, you know, who's asking for an ownership stake? Connor McNuggets. Who absolutely couldn't give an ownership stake? The bald one. Because he's asking for one, and down the road, there'll be Yair Rodriguez asking for one. They'll be every, can't do it, can't parcel it out, can't parcel it out. But there are other ways. There are other ways. And so what the bald one says is, listen, listen, do you, are you a kid? Are you a child? So is, is, it, is it the public impact of, of forcing me over a barrel and taking an ownership stake? Do you, or do you, are you a serious business and you want the money? Well, and then the bald one says, the bald one says, well, you know what? Well, the McNugget says, well, if truth be told, the get money is the name of the game. He goes, okay, now we're talking like real businessmen. How about this? How about um, I let you underwrite, I give you a $2 million value for placement for proper 12. You know, moreover, under normal circumstances, I would attach a, a good, goodly portion of the sales and proceeds from this, but I'll let you keep um, 88%. We'll take 12 and that's as close as you're going to get to an ownership stake. Realistically, if this thing, if this whiskey is any good, it'll do well with a leg up we're giving it rather than take it like we do with the video games and ownership and assume that you're building a brand over the work that we put into you. We're assuming that you're doing the work by your presence here and we'll give it. So obviously it worked. It was it was on the turnbuckles. It was in the cage. It was in his hand at the press conferences and they were sipping and suffering. Makes good sense. There are other ways. There are other ways. But. There's the there's the, there's the circus the the circus way, the cheap seat way, and and, the, and there's the the fuck it let's make this work way. Connor wants ownership stake. I can't have that be the public face of this organization. But I can't. Are you going to say fuck it? Are you going to say fuck it? Make it work. Fuck it. Let's make it work. So it works. Proper twelve is highlighted. He stops talking about the ownership stake. So how do you do? How do you backroom deal Khabib's demand? It's binary. You said you got to get rid of fucking Tuganov or whatever the cat's name is. Got he, he he's got to go. So okay, he's got to go. Well, what happens to these cats that that, that were with uh, McNuggets? How come they don't go? How do, well, he he said he he directly cleverly. I mean, this is where you get into a tri-level chess thing. Which just because a guy can't speak English doesn't mean he's fucking stupid. Sometimes America's got a reason. Look, what about these cats that were throwing the dollies at the bus? Which is clever. Because if you go back to the first cause, this was caused by them slapping fucking Loboff in the face in the, in the hallway uh, of the casino. If you want to go back to a first cause, nobody starts shooting if that shot isn't fired, right? If that shot's not fired, it's just bunches of guys in the hotel. But that shot is fired. Now, whether they were, you know, funning him or whatever, it's only fun. It's only fun if you're not outnumbered, <laughs> You know, if it's 20 guys and you and they're joking about anal rape, it's not so much funny. It's not funny at all. It's not. It might be funny if they're 20 of you and they're one of him. Then then we got some comedy. Or if it's one guy with a video camera and a gun and lube, not that funny. Not that funny. So, but he stops. He goes, why not the bus? You, you know, which again, seems like to be the first cause. If you look, oh, Connor did this or that, you know, you kind of look at the first cause, go back to the first. If Loboff doesn't get slapped, none of this happens. None of it. Jesus Christ, I think I'm dying. All right, so he cleverly, so this is, uh, so I'm starting to, so now I'm starting to pay attention. The ultimatum, you know, as well as, as well as drawing it short, which was, a, which, was, which was like bishop to, to knight three king or whatever, how they do this chess thing. Haven't heard from the bald one yet, Have, which means silence, silence, 
Silence is golden. If you know, if those just listening on SoundCloud, I'm rubbing my fingers together. Not the smallest violin in the world, but the sound of Geld, the German word for cash. Can I, can, okay, can I get rid of Turgenov and, and pay for his, can I, can we'll work out a deal with Scott Coker where we trade him cross organization? Will you let him fight a belt? Deals are being made. Smartest thing in the world is have him fight Lobov. But then that gives a public impression that you folded to an old tomato. Old tomato? Yeah, you should get it. Like flash whores. Guy's driving along with his flash whores on. He can't get he can't publicly give a, 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 a ownership stake to McNuggets, and he can't publicly let a, a guy because and it's also there, there's more than an Apple justification for it. If he's making a claim that somebody like Nate is not moving the needle, which we know to be demonstra demonstrably untrue, um, we could say if you book a fight tomorrow with Khabib and um, I don't know, let's say Khabib and Dustin Poirier. Do you get north of 2.4 million buys? You do not. I didn't even want to pause in there. You do not. You do not get that. Gabib has got the champion, but there's still there's still a sizable amount of effort being put into marketing and promoting a fight that he's in when compared to how easy of a sale McNuggets is, win or lose. So when you look at the pro versus the con column, you got that as a reality, okay? But this is not a mystery. This is not this is not a blackjack or poker where all these are face down cards. These cards are all up. These cards, everybody knows. Like Leonard Cohen said, everybody knows. But Khabib has laid it out there. Fire this guy, I walk, and then Fifty Cent gets involved. 50 Cent, who is now business partnered with, with Scott Coker and Bellator, says to tell you what, I don't like the way you're being treated. You know, because 50 is a friend of the common man. We all know that. <laughs> I don't like what you, you deserve better, young sir. <laughs> oh, man. Do you feel the pimping coming? You deserve better, young sir. In fact, if you walk, I will give you that $2 million. Okay, if he's not talking about tortious interference, this is all deck chairs in the Titanic. Well, not even on the Titanic. Well, yeah, maybe on the Titanic. Rearranging the deck chairs. That's what I'll do. I'll give you $2 million, you come fight in Bellator. And this is why the show is going to be involved. We're talking about Bellator 2. We're going to get in there. Which effectively is like your move. I'm going to meet, I'm going to call, going to raise, I don't know shit about poker, excuse me if I get the terms wrong, get Steve Albini on the phone and ask him my poker questions, Should I got my phone here. So, um, so it, it's almost, you know, it's almost kind of like, you know, you're going through your week and shit's happening and this was a shit week and shit's happening, you're kind of listening and then. And then you're li like listening a little bit more. For those of you just listening on SoundCloud, now I'm kind of turning my head like quizzically and 50 cents involved. And now you almost got full attention. And then they fucking release the audio. Now, I don't know who released the audio. And keep in mind, there are minor burps happening in this Dylan Dennis's Instagram feed where they got him with the gun. And they, he's, talk he's trying to talk his way. All of a sudden, all these guys have had very big flashlights on them. And they become people that you might want to see just because, you know, they roll deep. You know, their team will be in the house and there could be some shit. They become worthwhile seeing. They become items. But the piece de resistance was the release of the ring audio. If you haven't seen this, and I'd be shocked if you hadn't, see if you can find it. And he's got him hemmed in. It could be speaking of uh, McNuggets doing UFC uh, two, oopsie two two nine. Got him hemmed in, jammed into the corner, and he's raining these big King Kong bombs down on him. And after every one, man after my own true heart, he's doing exactly stuff that I have done in in past 
hey, bro, I don't give a fuck what you think, okay? I, 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 me, 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 I, 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 past I've done in some fight situations, which uh, in a weird case, uh, one of my last ones was, was videotaped by some guy, and I actually, I, I did not even remember or recall that I had been saying any of these things, and yet I was. And he's saying as he drops his big hammer fist and elbows on the uh, supine, I think that's supine when you're on your back, uh, uh, McNuggets. Hey, you want to talk? You want to talk? How about some talk? Hey, what about talk now? Or now? Now? What about talk now? Each one of these being punctuated by a punch in the face or an elbow or, you know, a hook to the head. And, and, and McNuggets, the bell rings, separates them. And he's glaring at him, and he, he separates him, and he goes, it's only business. It's only business. Khabib hears that, and as they're separated over over sexy and sophisticated shoulder, he says, you want to talk? We're going to talk some more. And I'm going to editorialize here. He'll say, oh, you know what? Next round. We'll, we'll do some more talking next round. <laughs> and suddenly, I hear, like, cue heavenly music flashlight backlit rising from the surf this beast from the east and i realize i've got a kindred spirit and my problem is my problem is that originally the exculpatory line that was being played as part of the defense for the khabib action post fido was you can't you can't talk about a man's father. You can't talk about his religion. And the old punk rocker in me goes, the fuck you can't. The fuck I can say whatever I want. It is the flip side of the bad brains thing. We will not do what they want. I will do, do what they say. I will do what I want and say what I want to say. I w All that stuff was rubbing me the wrong way. You shouldn't. You should. I go, fuck yourself. You know what your religion is to me? Your religion is big, hunking chunks of shit. You and your Christianity, or you and your Judaism, or your Islamism, or your Baha'ism, or your Buddhism. Go fuck all that stuff with a stick to Sikhism and throw it down a well. I respect, oh, oh, I can't talk about your father? Why not? What are you going to do? What are you going to So... It was rubbing me the wrong way. All of the shit talking, all of all, all of the the anti shit shit talking. Now, if you're an Eddie Goldman who I like and listen to, and he says it, he thinks it cheapens the enterprise, like the street fights I've been into, and the guy starts breaking off with nigga this and nigga that. I'm like, man, you're just embarrassing yourself. You're cheapening the whole enterprise. If we get to a fight, which I'm anticipating that we're really gonna do really soon, are you gonna feel better about yourself because of this? Now, I'm quite sure you probably have black friends. It's just, it, you're embarrassing yourself. If you want to fight me, all you have to do is say, let's fight. But I'm not sanctioning it. Go ahead and say whatever amuses you to say. But the reality of it is you're embarrassing yourself. But suddenly what's emerged is that Khabib is not like, you can't say that stuff. You can say whatever you want to say. But there's a flip side of the coin, which I, all, which I always and also defend, which is very specifically, you can say, like Carl Gotch said to me, he said when he used to go, when he went to Billy Riley's snake pit in Wigan, England, when he first started catch wrestling when he was 15 and going with the Belgian Olympic team, hanging out with these tough guys who just murdered him. He looked at him and said, hmm, you're paying into a bank account that I'm going to pay you later out of. So it wasn't this was a line advanced by by Khabibites who were saying, you can't say this about a man's religion, about his country, about his people, about his father, about his uh, Khabib wasn't saying any of that. His team was saying, oh, you know, you can't excite the guy. I go, fuck that. Or what? He's a rational, sentient actor. He should be held to a similar standard that we all are in the face of things that we don't like. If you're going to live in a place that's got a freedom of speech, which we do. Khabib, actually, in the end, really wasn't saying that at all. What he was saying very specifically, though, was you can say whatever you want, but you're going to pay for what you say. And that's a very different fucking picture. That's a totally goddamn different picture. <laughs> like we said, we we're talking about the Nazis, like that, that, that German film director said, look, you can't, for, 
perpetuity, you can't deny the German people a moral voice because of this stuff. You cannot, you cannot do it. We're talking several generations since that shit happened. 1945 was a long time ago. That's several generations of germs. You're going to deny them the moral imperative forever because of this? No, you're not. You're not. You can't. However, there's a flip side of that coin, which is you cannot deny the traumatized right to complain about it as long as they want. So paradoxically, these things have to live together. Similarly, Khabib, uh, there's no none of this. Uh, he can't say you got to go Khabib's way. You can say whatever you want. As long as you're willing to pay for what you say. So it was it was almost unseemly. It was almost unseemly. So now we're talking about the unseemly pendulum. So when people say, oh, you can't talk about it, guys. You got to respect. I don't fuck that. All that respect stuff. All that slop with the flag and the country. I don't have to respect a goddamn thing. Nothing. As long as I'm willing to pay for what I say. I'll give you an example. There's a Republican. And you can look this up. There's a Republican who privatized uh, uh, privatized the fire department. He goes, in a very Republican line, you want a good education? Pay for a good education. You want, okay, fine. You want good fire protection? Pay for good fire protection. Well, as luck would have it, his house caught a flame. And he called the fire department. And the fire department rushes out and the chief goes, whoa, whoa, hold on. You know, turns out this Republican mayor his name's not on the list. Calls his team. You do not hook that truck up. Do not hook it up. The mayor told us not to put out the fire of anybody who hadn't paid the fee. He hasn't paid the fee. Do not put out the fire. He's like, you guys got to put out the fire. They sit there and go, no, we're following the law. It's the law now. His neighbor's house catches fire because of the fire at his house. They look. The neighbors got his name on the list. They put out the fire at the neighbor's house. You can look it up. This guy had his house burned to the sit to the to the to the to the ground. Which is really pretty perfect. Really pretty perfect. So um so you can you can say whatever you want as long as you're willing to pay for what you say. You can get all the fire protection you're willing to pay for. So in my mind, it was almost unseemly that McNuggets is like trying to explain, hey, man, hey, hey, it was only business. It was only business. And then because I'm Mike saying that, you whisper that shit. You don't let me see behind the curtain. I don't want to know what's in your fucking sausage. It's just business. In other words, I was just faking it. I'm an entertainer. Can't take me seriously. How do you think it was backstage after that Saturday Night Live where Mick Jagger was all tongue-kissing Ron Wood? You think it was a little weird? I've had that uh, sensation. I almost had sex with this woman on stage in the middle of a show. And I stopped because it was clear to me that she wasn't going to stop. And I looked out, and her like six-foot-four skinhead boyfriend is on the stage with like fire in his eyes. And she leaves the stage. I kind of went had a fugue state. I forget. And I'm walking downstairs with a friend of mine after the show. He goes, <laughs> I go, what? He goes, you just walked by Sabrina. I go, who's Sabrina? The girl on the stage. What stage? The girl that you almost had sex with on stage. Oh, yeah. That was her? Yeah, you just walked by her. You know, her boyfriend left her. It's like, hey, man, that was a show. That was, a, that was like eight. That was another lifetime ago. I don't remember what happened. It's only business. It's only business. Unseemly in the case of a fight. All right. So now, if you are connected to me at Eugene S. Robinson, now is if it's, it, we're 35 minutes into the show. Now is question time. Direct mail me your questions, and for at least five minutes or until I get bored, I will answer them on, on the show. Uh, and all the ones that came in before, um, uh. <laughs> All the ones that came in, uh, this is somebody just sent me this. It's very funny. It's Overeem, John Jones, and Yo Romero. And the, the legend says, surround yourself with positive people. <laughs> That's very funny. That's very funny. 
anyway, so if you got questions, you could you could uh, nobody's uh, DMing. So uh, sometimes it's very slow. Uh, it's not really working. So you can ask a question and we'll answer them now. So he's almost say it's kayfabe. It's kayfabe. It's kayfabe. And that's unseemly. <laughs> uh, because, you know, your organization's logo is as or used to be, at least as real as it gets. As real as it gets. <laughs> so all this stuff about it's all this business, man. Was that supposed to make the beating less? Was that a way of apologizing? What 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 was that? Like we said before, you know, McNuggets is a few fights away from just being another fighter. But of course, he did something really, really stupendously intelligent which was to make a shitload of money. So it doesn't matter whether he's just another fighter or not. He can be just another gardener in, in Dublin uh, just as easily as he could be just another fighter. $200 million in the bank might do that to a man. And I'm just doing that roughly from the 50 he said he was going to get from this fight versus the 150 he had already. And he still got other boxing matches. That guy, Paul Snaggy, Pauly. You could fight that cat. I'd pay to see that. I mean, as long as you know, as long as Mayweather's getting bored now, Mayweather somebody stupidly was saying Mayweather and Khabib. It's like stop it, stop it, stop it. You got some juice even with fifty in your corner, but <laughs> bro, in a boxing match, no, no, stop it, stop it, stop. Let's let's not be ridiculous. Let's not be ridiculous. Boxing rules, just stop. You're not getting that kind of money. But it doesn't make a difference for, for uh, listen, the Bulgarian wrestling team, when communism fell, had decided we're not going back to work in factories. They all became organized criminal. Well, not all. A vast majority became organized criminals. I don't have to say allegedly. It's part of historical record. Similarly, you know, you don't have to live in San Jose, California. San Jose, California is not the end-all, be-all of places that you could live, you know, even if you know the way to San Jose. I mean, it's like people think like Robert Polanski, oh, he's being punished because he can't go to Hollywood. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. I'll go to the prison that they call Paris or Gestat or Barcelona, Frankfurt, Vienna. I got a whole world I could live in that doesn't have an extradition treaty with the U.S. The U.S. is not, you know, this is a guy who never has to buy a drink again in Russia. That could be a lot. That's a lot of drinks. And if you don't think they have the, the independent Russian media, you're crazy. The guy could be in TV shows and TV movies for the rest of he's he, he is a singular personality and presence. And he's got his ticket written everywhere else but America. In fact, if the UC was still trying to get over M1 and Vladimir Finkelstein, they have what they needed when they tried to get Fedor. They have a, a Russian fighter. That's huge. And they could break a promotion in Russia now in a way that they couldn't before. You fucking need this guy. You may not want him, but he's the guy that you need. So you make an accommodation. You get the fuck it, let's make it work. And in the meantime, you got, while he's uh, suspended, you got McNuggets working with some people who actually know wrestling. Not just the sprawl, but wrestling. Get an American wrestler in there and a, and a jiu-jitsu jiu player of some renown. I guess you got Dylan Dennis. That's fine. Get 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 Daryl Golar. He was World Valley Tudo champion. Uh, he's in his 50s at this point now. Lee Kemp, you don't think this is significant? Lee Kemp, the guy who, when he was a high schooler, beat um, Dan Gable is now training guys at um, uh, Team Alpha Male. I mean, if you don't think the key to D some of DC's success is the fact that he's got these wrestling bona fides, you're completely wrong. We've seen that. And I'm only going gonna, gonna to talk about the Bellator thing. I'm only going to talk about a couple of fights at the top of the card. Ryan Bader, people were booing Ryan Bader uh, and his win over uh, Matt Mitrione. Did you ever see uh, the, 
I mean, was it ever a possibility that Ryan Bader was going to lose to Matt Mitrione? Did you ever really believe that was going to happen, even in the even in the uh, in the UFC? Okay, here we go. Some questions have come in. Uh, how you doing, champ? How comes you're not on the other show no more? Will Dana bent the killer uh, Khabib's will? Well, that's actually what I'm talking about right now. And the silence that I'm talking about is golden. It means that they're working out a deal. So at the base of your question is, is this idea that uh, how indispensable is is Khabib? Okay, let's get this straight. And you got to know this is the way the Baldwin thinks. Nobody is indispensable. Nobody. These guys could kill a girlfriend. They could drunkenly run into a school bus of kids. They could do any number of things that makes them dispensable. And you got to plan on the future. Nobody is that way. At least when Joe Silva was there versus Keith, they're also known as Sean Shelby, you understood that there was maybe some tri-level chess game where contingencies upon contingencies being planned. So what we're saying now, what kind of contingency is uh, or extended liability is Khabib? Well, we've had lots of champions who's English wasn't that good, who actually were able to make money because they had some camera skills. Yeah, Khabib doesn't really have it, but he does have a functioning intelligence, a, a sly wit. And at this point now, the only people still pissed off about the homeless people stunt, people like me. Violates my sense of fair play. But that bell is already rung. It's not like the guy the guy could volunteer for kids for the next 20 years. And as it is, some of the money flown into AKA has made it possible. I don't know if you've seen this, but they're saying if your parents make below, and essentially if you're a poor kid and you want to train at AKA, train for free. It's not a joke, man. Sometimes in real places, real people on planet Earth, real shit like this happens for no dispensable, reasonable gain. Outside of being doing a good thing and return to the community. I mean, uh, you know, I talk a lot of shit about the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but Flea did open a music school that he subsidizes. Did he do it as a tax write-off? Maybe. I don't know. But he said, I learned how to play music in school. Those programs in school are dead. I want to make sure the next generation of people who want to play shitty music like me can learn instruments and play shitty music like me. So he opens up a music school and he subsidizes it. My cousin actually has his competitive school place you can go to learn instruments so what we're going to see now what we're going to see now is deal making non-pariah what happens in this next week if if they but blench you will know their course it, is the bald one going to get uh, tied up in the in the monkey show of appearances and figure okay now i've been faced by this guy in public i gotta return the face i don't think so i think i think Javi, like like kane velasquez said on the old knuckle up about javier vasquez when I pay attention to what Javier says, everything works out. When I don't, it doesn't. Deals are being made. Deals are being made. You're not going to get Javier caught up in the emotionalism. I saw him there when uh, Josh Koscheck was flipping out. Where's my jiu-jitsu coach? Which way? And Javier finally couldn't take it. He knew I was there. He knew a journalist was there. And he said, you know what? It's my school. The head coach. Don't like it. You can leave. In other words, we became the winningest MMA school for a reason. And until that reason changes, until the process and the methodology behind all those wins changes, you could take it on the fucking arches, Josh Kotchak. I still see Javier Cage's side. Don't see Josh. So, uh, so okay, another question. What do you think about Nate, Nate Diaz not taking another fight for uh, UFC? I think it's a smart move. It's a smart move. You know what? You got to think. I've, I've said this to my boss at times. You, gotta, you have to think, would your top competitor be using me the way you're using me? Just to fill any man's slot on a fight. If you don't think, you do you think, look at the, the uh, Nate Diaz fight with Conor McGregor. That's on, one of, on the list of one of the all-time biggest uh, MMA fights. So you're saying that you think you're going to take that juice? Just because you want to try to bullshit me into thinking I don't, I can't move the needle as a, as a Nate Diaz, you got to take that kind of juice and squander it in a Dustin Poirier fight because you can't think of another place to put me. You need me now more than ever. What are you going to get? You're going to get 2.4 million for what? 
You want what, what uh, McNuggets to fight Jose Aldo again? No, 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 no. Stage value of that is zero. The bottle throwing, the hat slapping, the Diaz is sitting on top of a wrecked out car, just like Mel Gibson and Mad Max. You want to get out of here? You got to come through me. You got to go. And and he doesn't like it. Doesn't like the way they negotiate and the way they do. Clearly, the bald one doesn't like guys who, who negotiate with hammers, even though he's negotiating with a hammer. It makes sense. I remember some guy telling me right into the sex column that I do, sex with Eugene, and saying, you know, got into a big argument over his with his girlfriend. She got tired of shaving. She stopped shaving. And he said, and she asked him about it, kept goading him. And finally, he said, look, if I want to go out with somebody as hairy as me, I'd go out with a dude. And then she cried and got upset and got angry. And then they wrote letters to me about how to solve the problem. I said, is there very much of a difference between, you know, um, Say, I know shaving might be onerous and you might be doing this thing, accept me as I am, but that's not what you did when you got him. And that's not what you'll do after you lose him, <laughs> right? Before a night out, a sexy night out, me, I might shave. You see, I haven't shaved yet. I might shave. I might comb my hair. I might even brush my teeth. What about a month into the relationship? If I go, you know, I already got the relationship. I'm going to fuck you. I'm going to stop brushing my teeth. It's a drag. It's boring. I got to go with Matt Monroe on this one. Hey, little girl, but put anything in there. We have an obligation to the people that surround us to not be an offense. But in any case, in any case, I think the obligation we have here is to use Nate Diaz well. Using him poorly is a, is a poor idea. It doesn't because they don't have a clock that runs backwards, man. In five years' time, dude's not going to be at the yeah, you know. Come on, come on. You don't think I didn't see some of these fights? Chael Sonnen, people are like oh, Chael. people want me to put Ryan Bader in the Lost Battalion. Ryan Bader, you must not ever forget, was a friend of Knuckle Up. He was a foku. Took time for me when nobody else had time for me. It was a great interview. Like dude. I think he still has the fire for this. Not even a, I'll show you fire because of a, it's the execrable end to his his career in the in the UFC. But just because. Okay, you see McNuggets in the sideline at Cowboys game and in the huddle trying to hype hype them up. Yeah, whatever, bro. That's how you get on Kimmel. That's how you get on uh, who's the keep the other creep who I don't like, Jimmy Fallon. I like Kimmel, don't like Fallon. Of course, of course, of course. Even though you asked this early, bro, I'm going to, you're part of the inner circle here, so I'm going to, I'll read your question. Question, do you believe Connor saw something that when he fought Khabib that gives him confidence that he would win in a second fight? Nah, 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 nah I don't think so. I, don't, I mean, he's got, he's got to go at it. He's got to go at it in the same way. He's got to go at it the same way to drum interest in the fight. And that's that fight is less desirable for him to take. One, he's got to give his chance. He's got it's a cruel. He's got to give his wrestling time. To, he's got to work on it. Clearly, got to work on it. But I didn't see any major holes. Khabib is Khabib. He would have to do a bit of uh, McNuggets would have to do a bit of kayfabe. Say, ah, I really hurt myself. I haven't been boxing as much. Or create some kind of story around to trick Khabib into. But the, you know, you always got it in your back pocket. These guys get in trouble. They go, they go, they go to for a double leg. I'm in trouble. Whoops. Something I know, something I could do in my sleep. You know, sometimes I'm doing jujitsu. I do it with my eyes closed. I don't need to see. And a lot of times, seeing is a detriment. I look this way. The guy's like, "Oh, he's gonna sweep me that way." I look this way. Oh, he's gonna grab my gi. Okay, just close your eyes. You know. I don't know what he's doing on the sideline of the Dallas game. I think he should be somewhere working on his uh, working on his wrestling, and that's every day. Go to your average high school wrestling team. Who's this guy from Independence High in San Jose? Who was uh, uh, somebody was just telling me about him, like Dino Guerrero. Who is uh, whoever's the head coach at Oklahoma? I think now. So do I believe that Connor saw something that when he fought Khabib that, that gives him confidence he would win a second fight? No. And in fact, his head, his head is in the kind of place he's got six fights left. The Khabib one has to be fight number five. 
He's got so if he's smart, one of Nate Diaz gets beat by Nate Diaz because I think I think Nate Diaz kayfabe the second fight. Or it doesn't matter whether he gets beat or not. The idea is to bridge from Nate to Nick. Because what doesn't matter if he loses or he wins that fight, it doesn't matter. Here we go. His he's the six fights. Maybe assuming the one he just fought was one, so they're five. So Nick or Nate? No, no. Nate. Win or lose doesn't make a difference because it's a bridge to number two, which is Nick. Even if he loses that one, that's not going to stop us from being excited about the third fight on that rotation, GSP. Win or lose, we would still be interested in a Jose Aldo. More specifically, if he's been losing these fights, you just listen on SoundCloud. I now have three fingers in the air and I'm waving the fourth. That right there. And then number five, Khabib again. And then that the, the sixth fight, and assuming that wasn't the sixth fight, he's done. He's done. The idea is to West Sims it. Stay vital through losses, you know, advance through wins. That's the business game. If we had a fantasy MMA league, you know you'd agree with me. If we're sitting down, trading our fighters and doing that kind of stuff, you know you'd agree with me. Uh, okay, what's worse between caving into Khabib's demands or protecting favoring McNugget? It's business. It, there's, there's a smart move here. I know you got to keep faces up. But whoever goes for the symbolism is going to lose here. If he says, look, I got to let the dude go because I said I'm going to let him go. But how about we, we and Coker, we'll let, let him go to Coker and buy out the contract, put $5 million in his pocket. It, is Khabib going to blink and go, I ah, you're the public face? Because that, that's stupid talk. That's stupid talk. You know, in communist countries, Vietnam, China, Russia, <laughs> there are two types of people. Those who believe all the communist hoo-ha, also known as the broke suckers, and everybody else who think, you know, it's just something to say, man. It's only business. You've heard that before, right? Yeah, Ryan Bader will, uh, Ryan Masturbator will always be the guy who jerked off in the fruit bowl on tough. I asked him about that. I asked him about that, about the, the creepily overriding, you know, uh, 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 and he just can't, I don't remember what he said, but he was just like, it wasn't me. Okay, yo, bro. Why does it always redound to that? Do you think Mayweather versus Khabib will happen next year, 2019? That would be the stupidest fucking thing ever. No. But stupid things happen all the time. Scott Coker responded by saying 50 doesn't speak for Bellator. Next promotion fights, uh, Khabib fights in UFC or Bellator. No, no, no. These guys don't want to spend their time in court. It's going to be in the UFC. Going to be in the UFC. I'm going to give you two more minutes of questions. Uh, you think DC versus Derek Lewis is a good fight? No, no, it's terrible. It's terrible and it's bad business. But did you see the quote? Did you see the quote? <laughs> yeah, oh, I love this. <laughs> I always love these. You know what that is? That's Dylan Dennis's career. I, I, but did you see that um, that DC finally did? What I know was in DC's heart. But he just said, you know what? You know what? I, you know, Brock, I, I got to fight John. I got to fight Johnny Boney Joni. I got to do it. The jungle wants it. I want it. It's in my blood. I, I got to know. Fundamentally, there was some, I was going to tweet out his quotes. It was an interview he had done that DC had done several of these quotes where he was like, I, I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to. I knew, I knew, I knew the man. He, remember, he's a friend of Knuckle Up as well. Had him on the show. I knew the man. I knew I could see into his heart. And that was the fight he had to. And now that they're doing these articles about, you know what? We just did a random sampling of some of these supplements. We found all kinds of shit that wasn't supposed to be in there in the supplements. We found Viagra in the supplements. We found all kinds of shit. FDA is not regulating this stuff. It's like that that noodle house. They had to line around the block, and the competitor was like, "Hey, this is bullshit. We need to sort of figure out what's going on here." And they analyzed the noodles, 
And what did they discover? They were putting opium in the noodles. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. No, 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 no. All right, so here, I got one more question here before we start to wind it up. And I'm going to talk about Bellator. So that, the last question is, I'm still looking at the Misty Climbs. <laughs> yeah, Dylan Dez, they also hated on Jesus. You're right. Uh, <laughs> no one hates you, Dildo Dennis. They're bored of your thirst for relevance. And take that silly shit off your head. You look fucking ridiculous. I like that. That's very funny. Uh, and so the last two questions are, last question are, uh, I hear the governor of Nevada didn't flee the arena. According to his spokesperson, he merely left. Yeah, the story starts to change. Story starts to change. George St. Pierre versus Team Khabib could happen. If it does, who you have winning? Mm, that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. That's a good fight, too. That is a good fight, too. I, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to, uh. I'm going to give it to uh I'm going to give it to GSP. One cuz I'm an old guy, but two I I think GSP is a true mixed martial artist. Uh he's got he's got pro he can keep him out of range for problems and he's not and his wrestling is good enough and he's rangy his the size of his limbs are long and I think very specifically that he can uh he's taken jiu-jitsu seriously. I, and I keep saying that about about the cats at AKA, and man, I've rolled with those guys. I'm not talking shit. I know it to be. It feels to me to be true. And I'm basing it on when Dave Camarillo left. When Dave Camarillo was there, I wouldn't have said it. Dave, if you don't know who Dave Camarillo is, check out Guerrilla Jiu Jitsu. Serious. I remember. I've known Camarillo since he was a blue belt, and that guy already showed up a black belt like a judo, not to be fucked with. So that's the end of the lightning round questions. So I'm I'm gonna wrap up. So like okay, we had we had Fedor and Chelsonen and Ryan Bader, uh, Metrione, I guess Bader now uh, uh, Salad Master Bader is uh, gonna face uh, Fedor. Fed, I mean Fedor actually that Chael didn't know what what the fuck was that. <laughs> I tried to do I've tried to do that role. I tried to do that role with a guy who was a. a the the 253 pound Romanian. I tried it with the with the underhook and you roll over and then on the video you actually pull the guy over. In reality, the Romanian just kind of ended up looking at me from the top position and then leaping on me and side control and I was kind of fucked. He rolls off of Fedor's shoulders. You know, um, usually the, under the circumstance, it, it, I say Bellator fights are predictable because they're all about serving up something to the community that the community wants something i had to be hep to when i was editor-in-chief of eq magazine and somebody was i did a microphone roundup like 700 mics in one issue and one mic from union uh audio technica i said was a, a pro my reviewer said it was a prosumer mic and they flipped out and the writer was such a scared cow this prick and when he got confronted by those guys he backed off threw me under the fucking bus those guys, I thought they were going to punch me in the face when they saw me at the next trade show. And then I finally understood. My drummer helped me. And he's like, hey, man, who, who, who are you being honest for? The readers. Because the readers get that magazine for free, right? He goes, yeah, fuck them. Who pays for the magazine? The guys who advertise. So I said, oh, this can't be right. Let me ask the guys at Tape Op how they deal with it. So, well, if I review it and I don't like it, I pass it on to somebody else. If he doesn't like it, he passes it on to somebody else. If none of us here like it, we go back to the company and say, hey, man, none of us here like it. These are the reasons why. What do you want us to do? Most of the time, the, the companies go, fuck it, pull it, because they go to work every day. And every day that they don't sell a $700 mic is a bad day for them. A bad fucking day for them. I understood, finally. Understood. So when that when when Scott, uh, Rich Chu and Scott Coker are booking these fights, you know whether it's in Uncasville or some of these godforsaken places or these casinos that they're doing, it's like man, they want people to leave feeling a very certain way. Like my conversation with David Yao talking about what I saw when people left the Jesus Lizard show versus how people left the Oxbow show. I said I, I want people to feel what I'm feeling when they leave an Oxbow show generally miserably. He's like, what's wrong with you black people? People go to a Jesus Lizard show, they're fucking happy. They're happy to go, they're happy to be there, and they happy, they're happy when they leave. All kinds of uncomfortable shit gets shifted around when you go to see an Oxbow show, because I'm not, unless I show up happy, 
I'm sometimes happy. Like we just played in LA. That was a happy show. I got to look out and see my daughter in the audience. That was a blast. But in general, all I want is for you to feel what I feel, which is not always good. It's not what Coker does. He says, I want you to leave happy. And part of leaving happy, you know, uh, part, of, part of leaving happy is, is, uh, is getting what you want. So the fights in general, all the undercar fights that we didn't do a care, don't care preview on, all those fights, they were, were fairly predictable. The one big surprise was Kimbo Slice Jr. losing, but he could do so because I think he lost to a local guy. That's fine. In the grand scheme of things, it's not going to ruin whatever meager marketability he has as a result of being Kimbo Slice's son. So now we got Fader against Ryan Bader, which kind of rhymes, I know. And that'll be interesting. Fedor looked looked good. Uh, I, I'm going to have to say it here right now. I didn't think Chael looked suspicious. With Chael, for me, he's like, oh, I'm still in this game. I'm 41. I'm still in the game. What's he going to do? He can't sell real estate anymore. Remember that getting arrested and going to jail? Can't do that anymore. He's not he he's he's actually a good color commentator and I think he's making some money from his podcast but the marketing for the podcast is what happens in the cage he's got to stay in the game. He's got a wife, he's got kids and he's not going back to being a high school wrestling coach. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. And if part of the, if part of the calculus is that he fights a fight and it's got to look good, he's going to make it good. Does he give a shit about winning? It's nicer is he's is a more successful marketer but to market himself effectively all he needs is a stage where he can where he can talk shit that's all he needs excuse me anyway anyway that's the deal i'm not saying all is for i still thought initially on the first blush that there were better ways to handle what happened but it takes a village and khabib made him he he removed he he reintroduced dramatic dramatic content into any fight that involves him or any talk you know if he had just won just won and gave some nicely worded heavily accented english accepted speech maybe a few words in russia talking taking his belt and left he still wouldn't have gotten the commercials he still he he what you need to succeed in the cage is dramatic import Dramatic import is dramatic impact, and that's the kind of shit that puts asses in seats, and he got it. Now, was it intentional? It's hard to make the claim that climbing over the fence wasn't intentional. It didn't just happen. The question is, was it premeditated? I do not think it was premeditated. I'm not going to give him that much credit. But I am going to give him credit for like that guy who I talked about on last week's show. Actually, it was on If the Shoes Fit. The guy who was trying to scam a workman's comp uh, 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 thing. And he kind of waited. You know, he kind of waited until he's sitting at a red light and he sees some guy blasted through the red light. The light turns green. He guns the car. Opportunity was there for the taking and he was going to take it. Gums the, guns the car to the intersection and pretty much just stops. So the guy hits him and that's it. He's got his workman's comp. Was he keyed up? Yeah, he was keyed up. But we all make these decisions. Unless you're a, a, a guy who's in prison for murder where they've analyzed your brains and say you don't have the neural transmitters that you can effectively roll the videotape forward, see what the repercussions of your actions are going to go, and then make a decision. Unless you've got one of those kinds of brains, pretty much what happens is you're making decisions. And when presented with a door to step through, he stepped through the most wonderful door of all, which is to remove, return dramatic impact and therefore import to Khabib. Khabib fights anybody now. He's got the, the, the vestigial remnants of people being thrilled about what happened, for good or for ill. It was a much more successful outcome for him as well. Uh, nobody lost here. Because the, the narrative that now follows McNuggets is, where's his head now? Is he going to make it? Gonna... And especially if he's smart and listens to me and makes that ne next fight against the Nate, Oh, boy, Moy, that's a show. I don't know what Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, is doing, but that's what you got to pay attention to. That's what people are showing up for. I know a guy who said, I'll never watch another UFC again. And what did he watch? UFC 229. 
He goes, well, actually, except for that one. Every fight should be except for that one. Anyway, this is V36, the Eugene S. Robinson show stomper. Um, uh, I'm not putting, just tie off the belt or thing. I'm not putting uh, Bader in uh, the Lost Battalion. Dude just was like in the finals of the tournament. What are you going to do? It's a Bellator tournament, but he's still fighting guys who the UFC would have been happy to have Fedor well past his post-retirement date, but still looking not bad at all. I, I like seeing him fight. And if, he, if you've been paying attention, you know, he's he's uh, the Red Devil fight team that I worked out with in, uh, in St. Petersburg, Russia. Well, Vladimir Putin's thing, he's down with them. I'm not sure about his continued relationship with M1 and, and Vladimir uh, uh, Vadim Finkelstein, but he's still part of it. So we got some Russian champions, you know, Bellator, Ufsi, doesn't matter. Anyway, Tuesday night, Tuesday night at uh, usually at 720 Pacific time, we got If I Did It, where we talk about uh, MMA uh, PR screw-ups. We'll probably be talking about Denison, who needs who needs to get busy. Needs to pick up this fight against one of the side, one of the side men for Khabib's team. That's a fight that's got some juice at this point. Dramatic impact, dramatic, dramatic import, dramatic impact. Right. So uh, um, we have and follow the if I did it is if the shoes fit. So 720, usually 720 to 750, and then from eight, uh, uh, then from eight o'clock to 8.30 if the shoes fit, which are PR kerfuffles outside of the world of MMA. So, because people were getting, didn't they, oh, you're talking about politics, so we decided not, we're not going to mix it up, we'll separate them. Anyway, that's the end of the show. This is V3, V36, the Eugene S. Robinson Show. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. Go sign up for the, uh, uh, at Eugene S. Robinson Twitter account. Follow me there if you haven't already. Uh, if you want to donate a little money to the show, if you got it, a dollar or two works at uh, patreon.com slash the stomper, T-H-E stomper. Anyway, uh, we'll see you soon. Uh, uh, until then, look what you made me do!